How are we? Oh my God. Well, we're in the dark. Don't mind that. <laughs> hey, Keaton, now it's light again. I don't know. I don't know. There's a ghost controlling the light. Around here, so no I worries. can see. I can see you both perfectly. Great. Fabulous. Um, don't mind my microphone. I'm having issues with my other one, so now I'm. I have this pair of headphones microphones from oh. 2007 so that's really great you know what <laughs> we've been having totally tech fun. issues too it's just you never mm. know when it's gonna come get you i know but these like honestly work surprisingly well like don't ever count out like an old iphone product oh, if it still works right. then yeah use it so hello i'm cat your cat okay beautiful way, yes. hi <laughs> hi it's so nice to meet you both and yes Bye. no it's great to meet you and i've actually been following you like a creep <laughs> since like 2020 on my personal account amazing yeah so my writing account doesn't reflect that I'm not lying if you if you fact check me on it <laughs> which I'm sure you're interested in doing <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so grateful for you having been on the journey for such a long time I can't I mean it's pretty remarkable and and I hate when people say things like this but you are kind of like a baby in the world you're young I am young like you're very young I'm jealous am I actually that much younger than you both I feel like I think you are am I I'm I'm only a little 38. bit younger okay I am I am the baby <laughs> yeah. I love it no like I love it I respect it I envy it and I think that it's great that you have like found this path thank you so that's been very inspiring to watch thank you I came late yeah like I came really late to writing so we're not late I don't know you're getting right on time right on time you know what you're right you're right you're right (laughs) this is why we have her on today listen we're we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that though we're not gonna guru anybody we're gonna be normal we're gonna be normal people here we're all just normal people um we we just started recording already so we can just start amazing cool the only thing I'm noticing is that I've got no spikes on my recording I see you oh you do okay great Mm -hmm. I see yours Kat there was you were doing something when you were moving and it was making it sound scratchy. So I'm whatever sorry. you're touching, stop touching it. Because it was sorry. fine when we were talking. <laughs> it was fine before. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have to deal with some bad audio. That's, That's just all right. the nature of life. As yeah. long as the content's yeah. good. I'm sure it will be. Well, yeah. it'll, it'll, it will be good. Um, I'm going to start by asking you a question mm-hmm. that you've probably been asked before. But what does it feel like to have so many people watching what you're doing? You know what? I actually haven't been asked that an awful lot. Um, and it's a really good question. And I think surprisingly, my like real true answer is that I feel very honored and grateful to be witnessed and seen, especially by my community, which is you know a community of creatives. And to be witnessed by so many creatives and to get to be on the journey with them is like it's like my dream come true so I think I had a little voice that came up there and and it said oh you shouldn't you shouldn't like it (laughs) like you shouldn't want to be the center of attention you shouldn't like being you know having the privilege of this platform but I actually find it incredible and I love getting to be witnessed on this journey as an author and as a creative it makes so much of a difference too that you do like it and enjoy it and also like what bullshit to make us feel like we shouldn't enjoy things that we're yeah yeah you know like if you're doing it well and people you know having fun translates you know and yeah. like just watch, like looking through your posts and hearing you talk and everything else like it if you were miserable you wouldn't have that same message right? yeah and that's why people are there is to get the message and enjoying it is part of that yeah thank you I think creatives are often 
you know, told, oh, you shouldn't be searching for the spotlight. You know, it's a futile effort. But and so and we we believe that and we and we, you know, there is an element of truth in that. But we forget that as a creative, there's an innate desire to be witnessed and to connect with who it is we are and to connect with our art. Um, and that that desire is really valid. It's not immoral. It's not selfish. It's not led by ego. You know, creatives want to be seen. And like, that's an OK thing to desire. And I think it took me a little while to like be comfortable with that. But I'm finally like, yeah, I wish to be witnessed. I'm so grateful that I am. This reminds me of how you do the journaling. Like you've been on a, a, a journaling journey, I have. right? Like you have been journaling every day for like 10,000 days. Essentially. <laughs> Give or take, yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. We'll round up. Um, this reminded me of something. And I just want to talk about it because you're talking about being witnessed mm. as a creative. And I think, I think we are all born as creatives. A lot mm. of people don't think they are. But I think like capitalism separates yeah. you from that and your parents yeah. and like all that shit. Right. But as a very young kid, like I would journal every single day. I was like a maniac about journaling. I would get these like three ring binders and just fucking fill them up. I would index them. I would put like a table of contents. I love and that. I did it. I, I was like, you know, a kid. That's Kids are just like pure in that way. And of course, I lost it as I got older for many reasons. But the one thing, the reason I did it, what I didn't want my family to find it because I was like deeply ashamed of just being honest. Mm. But I want I wrote it for an audience, right? Like, have you ever journaled without writing for an audience? Because I have not. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I talk about a lot when I teach journaling is like, what lens are you writing through? Um, And I don't think there's necessarily anything like inherently wrong with writing for it to be received. And I think there's something really beautiful about you acknowledging that yeah you were writing for someone even though it never got to anyone's hands like there was an element of performance in it and I I love that and I think it just speaks to who you are as a creative and again it speaks to the (laughs) desire for a creative's want to be witnessed um, but with journaling, yeah, a lot of us write through the lens of of others. And it can be really random. You know, it could be our mum, you know, it could be a teacher. But, you know, I find sometimes I'll be writing and I'll be writing through the lens of like this random boy from high school and like, what would he think of me now? And it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> but that is so true, though. And right? that, I feel that all the time. Or you'll read something back you've written and yeah. you'll be like reading it through someone yes, else's eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I live for that, though. I live for it. <laughs> it's interesting to notice and I think as long as we can notice it um, you know and we can recognize when we're doing it I mean that's I think the important thing I think it's when we're journaling and we don't even realize that we're writing it for our mother we're writing it to seem like we're an acceptable member of society Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. that's when I think journaling loses some of its potency because we're just we're we're not writing through our with our own lens we're writing through someone else's and we don't even know it that really touches me deeply that really does now here is there's right no stupid question but I'm going to ask this anyways Right. And so a lot of our listeners might have the same question that I do because journaling is not something I have any experience with. So when you say it, are you talking like everyone I'm assuming has their own interpretation of what this means? Of course. Right? Like, but like when you're talking about journaling, is that like a daily thing? Are you talking yeah. about like just your day to day? What it, what does that mean for you? Yeah, let me break down my practice. But I do want to acknowledge that everyone's practice can be really, really different and there's literally no right way to journal. But my practice is a daily practice. It's every morning. Um, as Kat said, I've I've somehow like an I, I kind of hate myself for it, but I have literally not broken a single day. Like I've gone straight for about like 1,500 days or something. 
it's just been I know like I'm like what (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) it's amazing I feel like at some point I'm gonna have to I'll skip a day just not to be such an asshole like why just to do it yeah so no Um, pressure then (laughs) accidentally skip it and then like take the rigidity out of it exactly yeah yeah. I mean I do it every day because it's like it is become such profound practice and I love it like I just feel so good when I do it so it's very easy for me to do it each day um but basically my practice is is I witness the internal dialogue that's going on in my head and I just transcribe it and so it's allowing me to see the way that I speak myself see the way my thoughts are moving see it's literally just giving me a bit of space between me and my brain so I can witness how it is I'm speaking to myself what my thoughts are what my worries are it's very hard to um you know become very conscious of our thoughts you know they're constant they're rapid fire a lot of them are unconscious programming a lot of it is inherited from parents from systems from schools from capitalism but when we have a bit of a space and we can witness ourselves on the page it's much easier to identify um, patterns and narratives that aren't serving us things that we want to change you know oh I'm acting like this because I believe this is how society wants me to act but I don't want to act like this so I can now retell my story and so I do a lot of witnessing of my thoughts and then I do a lot of retelling the story as well so today what did I journal about today oh I noticed that I um, really don't like it when someone changes my day plans like last minute and I, I it really stresses me out SJ's like that too <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I really resonate SJ yeah. like it's a lot and, and my sister messaged me she was like can I see you today and like my my body went to fight or flight and I just wrote about that and I was like what's happening here like what's the inherited story here and I came to the conclusion after just witnessing myself on the page it's a lot about control and I actually think it's it was learned from a younger version of me when I first started working for myself who was super controlling about how I showed up in my work because I was very afraid that because I was going full-time with my art that I'd become lazy that you know I wasn't going to work nine to five like my friends so I made myself sit down from like nine to five to create my art and so when someone asks me last minute to change my day I can it really sends me into a fight or flight response and I just literally I just looked at that and I was like I don't want to be like this anymore and so I started looking at how I can change that narrative on the pages and that was my journaling today and in what are some ways that you can change that narrative so I literally rewrite it with words like I want to I like I want to be someone who has the flexibility and the groundedness to accept a change in in my day like I write about who it is I want to become I often use present tense language to just make it feel a little bit more real like I am someone who is okay with last minute schedule changes and this is not about um like I I chose to want this you know like I'm not saying everyone needs to be okay with last minute schedule changes I could have easily said this is just a boundary that I just don't want to deal with it and I could have talked about how I want to enforce that boundary but for me right now I do think I'm at a stage where I do want to have a bit more flexibility and so I just started writing about how that's something I want to bring into my life what's that going to look like how does that mean that I respond to my sister like how do I change my boundaries like and it's just this exploration as to who I am it's like a coaching session first thing in the morning from me (laughs) to me and I just I get to be with myself (laughs) yeah it's a very like compassionate (laughs) it's a compassionate way to talk to yourself which is extraordinarily different than what we do get like programmed exactly exactly all the time and that's a lot yeah. part of my journaling practice that's really big so I'll, I'll witness my internal thoughts and I'll look at how the narratives I want to change how do I want to show up what actions do I want to take what thoughts do I want to have in the day and then I have this voice and I always finish my pages with this which I call the mothering voice and this is the antithesis to the inner critic she came about and I found her on the pages during like a time of deep self-loathing where the words on the pages were like you're a fucking piece of shit like I'm sorry I didn't ask if I could swear uh, we obviously swear. <laughs> <laughs> 
totally. yes, please. Um, yeah, like the language was like foul. Like I really hated myself. I hated myself for wanting to be an author. I hated myself for chasing it so hard. It was so cruel. And I just found this voice on the pages that was like, you are so worthy. And I'm so proud of you for chasing your creative calling. And I'm so proud of you. You are made for this. You like, and it was just this compassionate voice that just like, she just came out of nowhere. And now I use that voice every day because especially creatives, we need this voice. We need this voice of compassion, of permission, of grace every single day. Like we need it every single day. She takes care of my inner child, you know, so important. Mm -hmm. I was going to say like, this is one of the things I work on in therapy is that like, just like to go back to the journaling quickly Mm. when like I brought this to my therapist saying, when did I lose this like desire to just throw everything on the page without like any anything holding me back Mm. like no holds barred like when did that happen because I think a lot of times therapists like obviously will tell you things like oh just get a journal and start doing it again Mm. as if that's the problem Mm. but the problem is what is stopping me from doing it again you know and what you're saying those are the things Mm. it's like uh, you need it's your inner child. It's like when you need to reparent. And I was getting very emotional when you're talking, either because I'm PMSing or because what you were saying was really speaking to me, or a little bit of both. Bit of both. Bit of both. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm kidding. But yeah, that's you know, and I know people kind of shy away from words like inner child, yeah, and reparenting, and but to me, like that's that's the shit man that's what you gotta fucking do like to get to like regain yourself Mm. regain whatever you lost is where you have to you have to come at it as if you're a child and you have to grow up again in that way Um, well and to have to have this whole different mindset for like the creative versus capitalism you said the word capitalism and cat that's her favorite thing every time we do love to talk about it yeah it's always like how does this book this romance book pertain to capitalism right how does this interact with capitalism like it always does but that's the thing too where it's like we live in a capitalist society but for some reason you know like and you've had one of your recent posts it's like the nine to five like you you can say i'm working and like we have to put it in these terms for people to understand but like if, if i'm doing my quote-unquote day job like and i'm like i'm working people will leave me the fuck alone but if i'm like i'm gonna go right they're like oh well so you're free and it's like no no but also for <laughs> wanting that spotlight like if you're again in business i i have a day job in sales like mm-hmm. the spotlight that's what you're supposed to want you're supposed to want to be the best and you're Mm -hmm. supposed to want to make money and be successful but like somehow like you say when we first started talking and it's like having all those the 91,000 people looking at you and you're like I feel like I'm not supposed to want Mm. the spotlight but that's as the the creative person because if this was like a quote-unquote business you know which it is but like Mm. you know if this was like a typical capitalist business they'd be like oh be a boss bitch you can do that you can have a boss bitch Uh, yes (laughs) this is such an important conversation for creatives to have and I think it's a really important conversation for um, women and gender non-conforming creatives to have particularly because I noticed that my husband, who's also an author and a writer, like has very different stories to me when it comes to those kind of things. Like he has like I have a real stories and issues with wanting to make money out of my art. And I've, I've been moving through that over the last few years. And my partner, um, who's um, a guy, he was like, I just don't understand like why you like money is like we're, we're told we have to make money. He's like, I right. my my rebellion is to not want money and I'm but my rebellion is 
to make money from it. And I think that gender difference is really interesting too. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, you're right. Creatives just we're not we're not taught to to strive and to thrive and to you know we were not taught to to seek being witnessed. We're not taught to seek getting money from our creativity. And these are the stories that keep us starving. These are the starving artist stories, the scarcity stories that keep creatives really small. Um, that mean that make them not even want to try because we've just been soaked in an, in a culture that says art is only for the very few and you're going to need a million backup jobs well and what i think of when you're talking about that too like you say in your partner it's like yeah we make money and you're like uh but like look at the pay discrepancy yeah exactly i mean that's exactly. a thing around the world and not yeah. just here you know like so again so that we have internalized all these societal things yeah and it's like so that comes to like all right i mean and same with like the you know business world of women too it's like you gotta ask for you gotta like you gotta put yourself out there for all but this, also right? no because when women do put themselves out there they get rejected all mm-hmm. the time oh, yeah. Because like men, it's funny. You, yeah, right. It's funny you say that about your partner because it's like he, like I, I'm just conjecturing here, but it's like he's like, yeah, like mediocre men do make money all the time off nothing. Yeah. Like, what are you worried about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go do it. That's like. Yeah. For me, it's interesting because I'm not with someone who I don't ever want to say someone's not creative because that's just like very untrue. But he's oh, yeah, I understand. he's a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a lawyer. Like he he very much like can live within the world of like that we live in. Like yeah. he's very good at that. And I have a like a hard time. I feel like sometimes communicating to him what it means when I'm doing nothing and how that is also like yeah. a part of my process. And I feel super guilty about doing like doing nothing. Yeah. Also. I see you, Kat. And that is like such an inheritance of this industrialist capitalist world that we live in, right? And what I'm really interested in talking about at the moment, and I can't stop thinking about it, is how creatives are at this like bleeding edge of a change in work culture. And like yeah. we see, you know, everywhere creatives leaving their jobs, we're chasing or, or you know, doing art on the side, like we're, we're shifting the work narrative of how we work. And creatives need no time to do nothing. But industrialism has taught us that that is like the biggest moral no-no. It's like ethically fucked to do nothing right and so we're left with and huge amounts of guilt and shame that like keep us you know keep us hustling and that keep us exhausted when this is not the way creators need to work and I think part of our jobs as creatives now whether we're full-time part-time or you know just creating it on the side um because we love it is t- we need to start owning the way that we want to work because we are at the forefront of this revolution of how work is going to change in the future and yeah we need time to do fucking nothing and you know your yeah. work schedule will look really random you know and it will look different to each creative and this rigidity that we've experienced for the last like 100 and something years uh, about how we're meant to work is dissolving slowly and we are at the front and we need to start and for me that just gives me like I don't know I'm just I'm such a rebel like that gives me a fire to claim my quiet time to claim my nothing like instead of feeling embarrassed about it like I'm like no I'm actually at the forefront of a movement that's really shifting the way that we see work and so I'm gonna lie on the couch and just like stare into space or watch fucking Netflix (laughs) and I'm not gonna feel bad about it i'm actually being revolutionary (laughs) (laughs) well and i'm plotting and i'm recharging and also too like i mean the the hypocrisy is strong in this world right and so with fucking everything but too with when it comes to creatives like we think of creatives like ourselves Mm. and society that looks down on it and it's like again the starving artists i have all these backup jobs but then you look at like quote a-list actors and like they can fuck off and have their yachts and go yeah. on vacations and it's like expected and like they can, you know, and like no one's looking at them creatives. being like, 
Wow, lucky for some. I get that one a lot. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh you don't, you're not, what are you doing today? I'm not really doing anything. Oh, lucky for some. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Hustle culture is psyops. Mark it down. I said it today. Hustle culture is a government conspiracy. Exactly. That has been infiltrated. Hashtag like hustle grind, whatever. Yeah. All that shit. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Well, well it is, it's it's to keep a few people rich. That's literally all. Yeah, it is, and so. to keep the those that want change small, and the artists specifically, like creating yes. artists, to keep us, you know, in line and mediocre, and you know, not wanting to to step out of the rules that we've been it's artist freedom. Sold. Yeah, yeah, artist right. freedom for people's soul for everybody's yeah. souls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being so like I never talk about souls on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like for your soul. I don't believe in God. I believe in the soul. We're not here to conform, and that also this exactly. episode is not conforming, and that's fine. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the whole point. So I want to ask you about something. Um, one thing I think became like very iconic that you did was the, and you have since like I think evolved it and changed it and shifted it. Is the the like dry erase board with the red writing on oh, it? Yeah, or yeah, the, like, yeah. Paper with the yeah. red writing on it. I don't know why that in particular, because like because that stuck with other people too. It did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the way that I share my love notes. Well, I was I was on. I've been on Instagram for a very long time and at, at the very beginning I was like I just need creative community I've been writing my novels you know on my yeah, own like and that. I felt so lonely and I mm-hmm. was like I just want someone to be a, you know sharing in this space so I was like okay well I'll do it this was like eight seven or eight years ago and I very slowly built up a following there but I was just sharing my own story like pictures of my desk and like I don't know like memes and stuff the usual yeah 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 classic and um then I was like no I've got so many ideas and, and I've got so many words I want to share and I was like but my platform is Instagram at the moment so like how do I translate that and I was like I'll just write on a piece of paper and I'll hold it up <laughs> honestly genius solid right joke. for real <laughs> yeah that's like a signature also by the way I did scroll back to the very beginning of your Instagram because this is I love seen like so how it starts for everyone yeah <laughs> and it took forever because you have like three thousand i have a lot posts. yeah so <laughs> but it was i think your very first one was like what inspires you to write yeah i think that was the first thing you ever wrote and i was like this is great like on brand i guess on huh? brand. i mean to- here talking with authors you know like but it is, it, that's still something that you, like, obviously aesthetics change and, like, how you attack things change, mm. but, like, that that didn't. Yeah, I think when I began that, in, when I began Inspired to Write, my Instagram, I said, I guess I'm just going to have to be the person that I need most right now because I can't find anyone who, who is going to support me through this creative journey. And that's what this whole journey has become is just continually me evolving into the person that I needed in the past. And it's just like, it's just such a, been a, such a holy and divine journey, honestly. It's, awesome. do you, does the idea of like not being, I know you talk about gatekeepers a lot. Like, mm. does the idea of not being picked by gatekeepers feel a certain way to you as it does to me? Oh my Even God. though like I have, I have been picked by gatekeepers before <laughs> in some ways and not, mm. in other, you know what I mean? And it's like, to me, um, your posts and like your messaging about that was really meaningful. I'm so glad. Because, yeah, I mean, it really spoke to me. I am very emotional today. You're welcome <laughs> for this. <laughs> that's it. a big thing. I think that's a big thing for me. I think I often come from a place of, like, insecurity. Yes. And you have to learn to, like, pick yourself as, you know, sounds yeah. cliche, but true. No, it is. It's the truth. Um, this has been a huge wound for me. And I think it comes back to what we were discussing at the start, which is uh, creatives want to be witnessed. And um, some of us, you know, may not feel like we want to be witnessed, but there is a part of us that wants to be seen and understood and and witnessed by the world and so you know I am I sit on a throne of possibly a thousand rejection letters from publishers for my uh 
for three novels that I've written. And the pain that that's left me with is still something I deal with today because it was this feeling of being deeply misunderstood, deeply unseen, um, dismissed. I felt so Mm -hmm. small. And that Mm -hmm. feeling of being just like chucked to the side you know, I mean, I've worked in publishing for a little bit and like I know the way these manuscripts get treated. They get treated like shit. And, you know, when I was literally, very bizarrely, I was the one who was reading manuscripts for a, a publishing a house. Mm. And I, they were told me, you know, read the first page and then be done. You know, it's like, oh, damn. It's, I, damn. Love, I love what you're bringing to it, though, because yeah. like I think as a writer, we're like, yeah, of course, we're used to that. Like the mm. slush pile, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But what you're saying is like, stop for a second and think about yeah. how fucking cruel that is <laughs> it's, and violent towards people. It is violent, I think. And like, you know, they're always like, oh, you know, don't take it personally. You've got to have thick skin. And I'm just like, well, that's fucking bullshit. Like, first of all, my my thin skin is like literally why I'm an incredible artist. So fuck mm-hmm. off. Right. Right. And um. You know, I just feel like it was something that we were told that we just have to accept. And actually, we don't. And again, this is a, a revolution is in the happening with creatives and how creatives get their art seen. You know, we're in a connection economy that's like changing literally everything. And we're right at the beginning of it. Like people are always like, oh, social media is so saturated. I'm like, baby, like it's just begun. <laughs> like unlimited, we're literally unlimited. at the start. Um, yeah. And so I don't know where I was really going with that. But that's OK. We can yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> you can. It's it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I mean, that was like something that got me through certain times and also like to look at other creative people who have been accepted more in the gatekeeping mm. like communities and to not compare yourself although yeah I don't like judge people who compare themselves I do it all the time oh yeah it's very I will easy op- to do yeah. <laughs> like I will openly say to my friends I will be like I blocked that person because I just couldn't see them great anymore. great boundary like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they're a great person who I could be friends with but um how do you deal like as a writer how do you deal with with how people are perceiving your work and if it is negative or mm-hmm. how do you I mean having you know 90 plus thousand people follow you you must mm-hmm. get negative feedback what is that yeah I you? do um so I released I self-published my uh historical romance last year and that, I read that one you did mm-hmm. <laughs> still makes me feel we kidding. can talk about it yeah um so she was released last year and obviously this was probably the most vulnerable thing that I've ever done um because I had to pick myself I had to coronate myself I had to say you know what the this self the publishing gatekeeping community it isn't serving me and to be honest if I don't pick myself who is going to pick myself like I have to choose myself first so pick myself, publish this book, and obviously like the vulnerability of having her out there um, and being received by people and also being received from people outside of my community. Um, so she, my community is like, oh, I'm just so fucking blessed. Like, yeah, occasionally I'll get a troll and like occasionally shit will go down, but it is only occasional. Um, it's a really safe That's space good. for me to be a witness. I'm very lucky. But um, Elizabeth, or the rules upheld by no one, um, as I finally named her, she was out in the world <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, getting occasional reviews of just like, you know what? I didn't like it it didn't finish very well or you know just like just you know reviews of people who don't like my book was a really interesting and new thing that I had to sit with and you know what I actually dealt with it really well (laughs) and I think I just for you (laughs) because do you think it's because of all this work you've been doing I think it was I think I was in the right space and now I think back to like if um Elizabeth had been picked up by a publishing house you know four five years ago when she was initially written and how unprepared I was and how I hadn't even chosen myself then so like I was relying on her like completely on external validation and then I would have gotten reviews that people didn't like it and like I wouldn't have been able right. to cope as well because I, again I hadn't picked myself so I'm constantly relying on external validation to allow me to feel worthy but because I'd chosen myself and I'd already dealt 
dubbed myself worthy. Seeing that some people just thought, what were some of the things? A few people thought, oh, that, that it sounded anachronistic, which is on purpose. Um, it's like, that, like I'm like, yeah, it does. But they didn't like yeah. that. But also, so does everything. I know. If I'm you like, want to read it. If you wanted to read that book in right. like true 1580 right. English, like, why? No, you would yeah. not understand. You wouldn't. You would need to, you would have to write a dissertation and like learn how to yeah. interpret it. Yeah. And um, yeah, a few people thought there were a few loose ends that weren't tied up, you know, it's these sorts of things. And I was just like, well, that's just, just their opinion. And I do that thing. I love to look up authors that I love and look at their bad reviews. It just soothes me. I just felt like I was totally like one of the that. club. Yeah. Absolutely. I've done that. Every, I think every writer has said that. And that is so like, everybody like wants to know that the greatest of the great have gotten the worst reviews. Exactly. Oh, who did I fucking read? Somebody, some fucking classic writer, like a Truman Capote. Mm. It wasn't though. Like, I think like was talking mad shit about like Emily Dickinson. It was something so crazy. And I was like, how dare you? I was so like just upset on her behalf. Maybe it was it like Sylvia Plath or someone like it was some male like or maybe it, was, it might have been like Ernest Hemingway or something. Yeah, like yeah, classic. Like, some female writer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. But um, I don't read reviews at all. Ah, interesting. I mean, that's a beautiful boundary, right? Like sometimes <laughs> we, instead of like you know, constantly exposing ourselves to the things that trigger us and the things that make us, you know, want to want to hide. We just need to set a boundary (laughs) and protect ourselves in that way. And it's really valid. And I really love that you do that. Well, I don't want to change my writing, which I would be influenced. So I'm like, yeah, just just like you're saying, like you had to be in the right place. Like maybe I'm not all the way. Yeah. And that's really fine. And you don't want to stop writing because you're not in that place. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to start like my social media because I'm going to feel so embarrassed. Like block everyone who you're thinking about right now. That's what I did. Like block, set aside like a couple of hours. It's going to be really boring. And then I want you to go through and block every fucking person that you'll ever think of before you post. And because we don't need to wait until we're ready. We don't need to wait until we're healed in order to take up space, right? We we just need to put in boundaries to make ourselves feel safe so that we can do the brave thing, do the vulnerable thing. Um, We just, we're not, why would we're never going to be fully healed anyway like what are we waiting for we just we need to make space for we need to make space for safety as we do the brave thing no i'm i know i'm thinking of that's wonderful like blocking people and (laughs) luckily yeah and i I did not go that route when I did this. I like <laughs> SJ so... is a choose herself person. Oh, love for her. sure, for sure. And and let me tell you what her fucking sales numbers prove this. Hey, <laughs> I, lo- I love this. It, you gotta. I'm I'm all about self promotion. I was raised to be very cocky, and it's worked out well for me. I you love know? that. And like, and <laughs> but that was too. Like I on my personal accounts, I just hoarded out, and I'm like, you guys buy my book because I didn't think anyone else would. Honestly, it was like the you know like I didn't know what I was doing and it was mm. the I just want every I want to have sales so like I told everyone I knew to buy it and I'm like and if Amazing. you're comfortable with it just don't read it just buy it yeah like. <laughs> I love that and I think that that's something that so many creatives you know shy away from a lot like the self-promotion part yes. of creativity a lot of a lot of artists just don't want to go anywhere near it and it, and that's something that you need to really look at because it's going to well, get in your way yeah and I think a huge part you know and like people that we know and obviously Kat and I talk to a lot like specifically in the romance community. So let's, we, we've, we've opened the store. Let's walk into the let's romance shift. book world. Beautiful. Let's, let's do go. it. Like, and so too, there's so many people that it gets 
weird or cringy, right? When it's like, we're talking about sex because mm-hmm. sex are in these books. I'm like, look, unless this person you're thinking about has never and will never have sex or mm-hmm. jerk off or mm-hmm. do whatever mm-hmm. in their life, which th- they haven't and that's not true, then stop caring. Yeah. Like, it's just a bunch of hypocrites. It's a bunch of yes. bullshit. It's a bunch of stuff. Like, it's their problem. If they want to feel weird about it, it's their fucking problem, not mine. I think there's something wonderful about making someone feel weird and uncomfortable in that way. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've got to kind of lean into it. Again, like, instead of seeing it as your shame or your embarrassment, like, you've triggered something in them and that's what art's meant to do. So you've, like, big tick, in my opinion. Like, you've done it. Your art yeah. has yeah. done the thing. You've made someone uncomfortable. Perfect. You know, it was funny. Like, I was, I learned a lot from you, SJ, in this way because <laughs> I, and I'm still a little bit too timid about like pushing my shit forward and just being like open and loud. And you post about this, Amy, about like being cringy, which mm. is like because that hits me so close to my center. Like, I'm always afraid to be cringy, but also like being cringy is so good. <sighs> like, it's so good. Like, everything in the world that you've seen that's like amazing is definitely is the, is cringe. Deep, yeah, deep cringe. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything you share to your friends is because. Because you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, this is great. I'm going to share it. It's not just like the sweet stuff. You know, like that's what we're here for. Your messaging about that has spoken to me so loudly. And I am not here. I'm sorry. I'm not like trying to be weird fangirl. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me. But just to say like, that is like partially where I've learned that from is from what you've been posting. And yeah. And I think like from there is be cringy and like promote the hell out of your shit. Like when my friends who are writers tell me, oh, I'm just going to like... And I'm talking to someone specifically who will listen to this podcast. Hi, like I'm talking to you. Do not just put your book out and do, and not and promote then abandon it. Yes, because you think that's the more like morally pure thing to do or creatively, artistically pure mm-hmm. thing to do. Like, no, like push it, like mm-hmm. get it. It needs its due. Like I it's, share and, your art. Yes, money, money will be exchanged. Right. But that doesn't like dampen yeah. the value that, of your art. And that's huge. Like that too. It's like making money off something does not make it less worthy, does not make it less artistic. Because mm-hmm. again, once you get up to like, you know, you're not going to buy a fucking Monet for $5. Right. And like, so it's okay to make money here and it's expected. And like, and there's, I don't know why we have this weird fucking disconnect between like making money or not, because once you hit a certain threshold, then like now you're successful with your art because you've made so much money. But then there's that whole in between, between asking for money and then being rich. Oh my God. What the fuck? I have so much to say. First of all, I'd love to <laughs> come back and talk about the martyr cat and how creatives love yes. to feel like the martyr. But before yes. we talk about that, I'd love to talk about this. People accept artists that are really rich or really poor and they don't like the in-between. And I feel I feel that artists are often stuck in places of binaries. You're either failing or, you know, or you're the number one, like, oh my God, you're like Gaga or you're a musician that's busking and is really poor. Like, right. there's not a lot of space yeah. for us in-between, especially when it comes to money. It's just, it's bizarre cultural stories again that I think are there I feel like I don't know if this is a particularly pessimistic way to look at it but they feel malicious and they feel like they're being they're there to keep us small and to keep no, us I think in line yes because yes. mm-hmm. it's like capitalism where it's like getting rid of the middle class exactly it's like yeah. we are the middle class of writers right now yeah like, etc I think more and more like we're realizing or the artists are realizing I don't know that the world is realizing that there is a place for creatives to be 
um this is bizarre but like successful middle class like we can be like we don't have to be like a millionaire we can be thriving and getting to do what we love and doing it without art but like we've just never seen artists in this space before and it's exciting and we've got to we've got to start talking about this and sharing this like we can be successful artists and not be multi-millionaires with millions of followers there is a space for us to make you know sustainable amounts of money and to make beautiful amounts of impact without this ridiculous like hunger for like fame mm-hmm. or poverty I guess and yeah <laughs> exactly or yeah. poverty yeah exactly whether that be creative emotional or monetary whatever it is exactly like, it seems to be, yeah well and part of this too we're talking about like gender roles right like there's a lot of times where it's like I hope this is going to sound trashy, whatever, but it's like, you know, you get a lot of people that, that get to follow their art where it's like a, a stay-at-home mom or a wife and the husband makes all the money because that's what, you know, our society does. They make more money. So it allows her, it allows her to just, you know, play with this and have fun with it. And it's just something on the side that is not expected to be an income, but it's just them doing it for fun. Yeah. And I think that we've started to view it as that way. But guess what? Like, fuck, a lot of people aren't married. And even if they are, like, you, shit's expensive. All right. Yeah. Like, inflation like people that like live off one income anymore first off we shouldn't have to do that mm-hmm. like that's bullshit but so it does it has just kind of this perception you know i think of like the craft fairs i went to growing up right like it was just like a it was a lot of moms just mm-hmm. doing this for fun when mm-hmm. it's like that's that's bullshit. their real art that's mm-hmm. their yeah. real yeah. art they're doing and nobody gives yeah. a shit yeah right because it's just them doing it as a hobby yeah. i just say if you get the opportunity women or anyone who will marry a man um marry a rich man if you get the opportunity <laughs> That. And don't sign a prenup. <laughs> that's that's the key part of that. <laughs> yeah. Don't sign a prenup. Be smart. Take him for all he's worth. Make your art for free. That's what I'm saying. Beautiful. Anyway, sorry, Amy. What were you? <laughs> I love, I love messaging that. on your platform. That should be <laughs> the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, if you can. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's come back to that idea of the martyr because I think uh, as we're talking about, you know, artists and particularly authors who self-publish and then just be like, okay, well, I did it. And then they're like, back off. And it's a, it's a martyrdom, right? But, um, yes. we, get, we get really stuck in cycles of creatives fail. And so I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail over and over again. And we get stuck in this like narrative of oh, being an artist is so hard. We're so poor. Being a self-published author is the worst. Like no one wants to buy my books. We get very addicted to these stories. And first, I'm not invalidating them it's very real and it can be really painful when we're in that moment of like feeling unwitnessed and unsupported in our art but we I think a lot of us get very addicted to it and so we'll go in cycles of that martyrdom and the martyrdom feels good I'm an artist and I put it out there and no one bought it and that feeling of like being the victim is really seductive um and we just get stuck in loops of doing Mm -hmm. that over and over Mm -hmm. again and it's hard it's hard to break when it's comfortable exactly sj because yeah that is the message of the world <laughs> it's a shitty thing to be comfortable with like why is this what we're comfortable with like that's that's yeah. just crap like we should be comfortable with being amazing exactly <laughs> like, why can't that be the norm is the expectation of amazing i don't know because even like that language is a little interesting to me too not that i disagree with it but it's like being authentic you know is the thing that is what makes good art in my opinion and like not everybody thinks that's amazing all the time right like not everyone's gonna think what you create is amazing 
amazing, but it's amazing still worth to me. creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. still worth creating because yeah. you feel amazing you about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. feel good yeah. about yourself. I am always like pushing, like in my own mind, I'm always like pushing against the idea of like feeling good for some reason, and maybe that goes back to like martyrdom. Yeah, I'm it's like, really I don't know if that's what I'm Is looking that for. Me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking I'm, to feel good. Got to be comfortable in my misery. Yeah, well, that's like something that's very real. I think it's especially for our creatives who are so often like highly emotive and emotions are addictive right like we get addicted to the same cycles of hormones and chemicals that we feel frequently and during like it was like during like peak projection time it was before I started journaling um a publishing house like picked up Elizabeth and then they dropped it last minute and yeah. I lost my job and then I moved oh, in with my God. in-laws and I had depression already <laughs> oh, no. it was a real oh, dark no. night of the soul <laughs> it was it really was and that's when I picked up journaling actually so you know a beautiful it, it needed to happen but you know there were years there where I was crying and like I'm a big crier and I was crying from some reason I could like make it through till like 12 31 p.m but then I'll be like 1 p.m to 4 p.m I'd be crying and uh, every day and it was consistent it was routine and I became addicted to it and when I you know started breaking through so many narratives were holding me back I started taking up space as like a creative leader as a book doodler like I started doing the work that I love I would notice that around 1 to 4 p.m like this depression would descend on me and it was like my body was saying like this is how we behave and I still deal with it sometimes like I still feel like this discomfort and and it's like I mean like I looked into it a little bit it's withdrawal from the chemicals that you experience on such a regular basis and like your body is like this is when we feel like this so I'm gonna I'm gonna make you feel like this and so it is wild and so even though we have to rewrite our narratives it is yeah we have to rewrite the thoughts that we have in our head we often have to rewire our little bods from the emotions that we're so addicted to and I think that martyrdom cycle can be really hard to break because the body not just the mind loves the feeling and is so comfortable in the feeling of things not going right it's the sunday scaries exactly existentially exactly (laughs) yeah Mm. sounds terrifying (laughs) but also i will say that let me say something really quickly too i think like that's true the other part of this that i think is also true is that maybe you had to feel those feelings for a long time oh yeah before you could get out of them it was my journey and i don't um i'm not angry at myself for having taking such a long time to move through that and i'm you know i without those like literal years of deep depression and honestly self-loathing i couldn't do the work i could do i can do today yeah um yeah so hard and like it's okay Uh, yeah Yeah, to whatever that was yeah Yeah, exactly well and that's so what I was gonna talk about next is like just like how we identify and like so too you know I have like a fucking corporate job and so like people like oh what do you do and I'm like well whatever I'm in sales but I'm an author like you know it's always I want to and it took me a while because Kat when I first came on this podcast as a guest like she always asked people like when did you consider yourself an author like you know and so it's like once I have now like I live more in my author persona than I do in my real life persona and I love it and it's like and so I want to only identify as that yeah so when you're talking to someone and it's like I just I'm like I can't wait and I don't know and this is something I haven't really thought about until right now as I'm saying it like (laughs) when can I just say I'm an author and like (laughs) pretend I don't have this other job do I need to wait until I'm able to quit it it's like can I just say that now (laughs) it's today you know this is is so about it's not anything about what's like actually how your hours are taken up it's about who you are and I feel like it's yeah. today. I feel like it's today I love this like That's idea right. of you That's being great. like um yeah so my like I'm an author but on the side I do sales <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And I just want to say again, Estee is more successful as a writer than most writers will ever be. I just want to say that. Oh my God, Estee, then what the fuck are you doing? I know, I know. But I get this, like on this podcast, like we always talk about like writing and, you know, and I do want to ask you that question as well, but like the... Like, I I don't, I totally lost my mind, totally lost my train of thought. I'm just going to ask you the question. When did you start thinking of yourself as a writer? Writer was easier than author, which is so fucking classic, isn't it? Well, there is, I mean, like, I think, you know, it's just cultural, it's societal, like, also sounds like, you know, you're on the bookshelves. And I was like, well, I'm not, you know, Um, but the more I took up space online, which is why, you know, there's a lot to say about social media, there's a lot to say about old Zuck, Zuck Daddy, and there's a lot Mm -hmm, of negative mm -hmm. shit that goes on, you know, in that space. But there is a lot of really beautiful opportunities in that space. And for me, it allowed me to take up space as the author I wanted to be. And it was like a real space of self-coronation and self um, ownership right like I just was like I realized that like if no one was going to give me this title then then it was literally on me just like what you're saying SJ it's like when is the time it's like you literally you get to decide and nobody's going to be like it is now time for you to <laughs> this is true say author first like it's just no There's one's no going to tell you that moment, no like... that isn't and so <laughs> no that... one's going to hold you over the cliff <laughs> so that leaves you with you and uh, I mean I don't have a defining moment but author was in my bio and it has been in my bio on Instagram and I talk about about the wonders of bios all the time but like because it's such an easy place to self-coronate but that's been there for years mm. you know I wrote a book a I'm an author um God damn right yeah yeah like why are you yeah. splitting hairs here like it's ridiculous um right. so yeah if, if anyone listening here is hesitating with that title like and you've got the place an Instagram bio or like your Twitter bio like write it down and because it's only you that can give you that title and you and it needs to be you like it has to yeah. be make you. it so and make it so yeah. mm. right well in mm. that you know, and you, you had touched on this earlier and then brought it up again just now. And that's like the, the world of social media, right? Because mm. some people are like, oh, it's already saturated. But first off, it's not. And secondly, mm. like there's always a downside to everything, right? There's always the bad. There's always the trolls. Yeah. But social media, things like Etsy, obviously self-publishing through Amazon, like it has opened up just a world. And obviously, yes, like you say, Zuck Daddy's making a lot of money off my books, whatever. Mm. But like, right. But it's also opens that door to give us global platforms. Yeah. Easily accessible. Like when you really yeah. sit and think about it, like we are living in the most exciting and abundant time for creatives, like ever in existence in the whole world. And we are living right now. Like it's us. We get to experience <laughs> this time. Like I think it's really easy to just get, I mean, like now more than ever to get sucked up in the negativity and like to just be like, this is the worst time in the whole world that it's ever existed. But for creatives, we're at an extremely exciting time. And if you choose to have that lens, um, you're going to do some really exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the perfect example, right, is that Kat found you on Instagram. Kat introduced me to you. We are now talking to you right now on basically, it's like a Zoom, we are. but Caster, so- You're in Australia. <laughs> She's in the East Coast. I'm in the middle of the US. Like, you know, we're all so sitting cool. here having a wonderful conversation. Like, this is <laughs> Brought to this you is by social media. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how fucking brilliant. Like, you know, the, the idea that we could connect even, uh, you know, 50 years ago, last 30, you know, like never. We, right. could, we could never have done this. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. And I am pretty adamant about my positive outlook there. Um, because I think that it, we, even though, you know, it's always valid to be upset and to be frustrated by the structures that are there. And, you know, sometimes it can be really, you know, really upsetting and that's valid. Yeah, it's harmful, but bad, if we painful. choose to, we, we just also have to recognize the gift that it is, 
I think. Well, yeah. And, and I think you're talking about the lens through which you look at things. That lens has to hold space for the fact that we have set up a society and structure, a structure of society that is like violent and terrible to a lot of people. Mm. So, but that doesn't mean you just give up and don't do the thing you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's, it's complicated, but it it's obviously true. always complicated yeah. and super nuanced. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, artists are needed in order to make great change. Like we are always the ones that create impact, we're always the one that create change, create cultural change. And so we have to do our best yes. to take up space and to let our voices be heard. You know, even, you know, fiction writers change the world, you know, we change, you know, and I think for some people that's really hard to understand, but we do. And it's like almost your duty and responsibility to make sure that you chase that. That's like, why are you, if you're a writer, why are you going to ever act like a fascist? Like, don't be a fascist writer. Like, fucking get your <laughs> together right like get it the fuck together like we don't need you <laughs> you we should, do not. those things don't align like those things do not align i'm sorry mm. anyway that was, that that was, was true different. important <laughs> yeah the radical left over here yeah. um i, I need to ask you so you call, you referred to um the rules of held by no one I which did. by the way let me just say this um thematically I thought that book was very strong thematically which I almost say about I don't say that about a lot of books um and I think when I was about yeah I'm pretty tough when I was about two-thirds of the way in when you dropped the title line Uh, I did not expect to feel what I felt in that moment I was like oh that was a beautiful tie-in and a beautifully illustrated moment and it was like it was parallel to our theme and I just I was like I really like enjoy and appreciate what you did like it just specifically right in that moment like other things mm. too, but like just talking about that one moment it like really stood out to me I because I think so a lot glad. of times well people will like drop a title line and you'll be like oh, oh yeah yeah it's an eye roll <laughs> like hey look we've all done it okay we've all done it but yeah but I just thought that was such a beautiful moment in your book that was so well done that I wanted to specifically you. mention no one's ever um, said that to me before I'm very grateful for that I just, yeah. I, as I, I always refer to her as Elizabeth, which is the main character's name. And I didn't have right. a book title for like literally until like the cover design was like, um, I can't do much more <laughs> without, you know, the title. <laughs> it's and a so, great cover too. Yeah, it's beautiful. She did such a good job. And so yeah. I literally just went through the book and I was like, please, God, may a phrase jump out. And it did. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing <laughs> that that's how it that's, happens. Yeah. So last minute we're talking. Like, literally like my beautiful, yeah, literally my cover design is like, okay, I've done like E, but like what's the, what's the title? Yeah. And I just thumbed through. So the, that's fascinating. And I like, so this is where what fascinates me the most about writing and authors is how different the process is to everybody. I, I love like, it. have titles. I normally have a title before I start my book. Like, I love that too. <laughs> because I'm like, that's part of the idea. And so, but yeah. everyone's so different. So how, when did you start? Cause you published it last year. Yeah. When did you start writing and did you like plot it all out? Did you know what you were doing? Was it just kind of a pants? Or what was that process like for you? So Elizabeth was a real, um, she spoiled me because that idea like landed fully in my okay, lap yeah. and it's never wow. happened again since in all yeah, my other books. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, um, so she mm-hmm. came to me really fully formed. Um, the three act kind of structure um, was really there from the beginning. Um, and I had a pretty clear structure very quickly. And actually I did the first draft in NaNoWriMo. Um, and then she came together in like six months, which is the fastest I've ever written the book. Um, and this was probably like five years ago. And then uh, um, I 
went through the fun of submissions and then she was nearly picked up, dropped. And that grief, um, like that day, like they took her to an acquisitions meeting and, oh, you know, no. the editor was like, I'll text you straight afterwards. Never texted me. Um, and, I, and, you know, like this is like I'm like this is the biggest day of my life kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm just like <laughs> right. waiting Asshole. by the phone. And, you know, they never got I messaged like they made me feel so stupid. And I'm seeing like they never got back to me. Like they never told me anything like they, I just disappeared. Like I went to acquisitions and they obviously couldn't decide or was like, no, but they never. Anyway, it was horrible. Um, I can't even remember what. And this about. is common, too. Like the, <laughs> well, it's common. Uh, yeah. So yeah. You, so after the your submission process. You... Yeah. So then I then I just left her for like a few years because I really had that wow. grief and I had that. I had to move through some big lessons. That was also when I lost my job, moved in with the in-laws, was in like tens of thousands worth of dollars, um, you know, credit card debt was like a, a time. Had to do that, time. That, yeah. that, that dark yeah. night at the soul <laughs> moment. And, you yeah. know, then I had to choose myself. And so mm-hmm. it was, you know, she's an old book. I wrote her a long time ago, but September last year, she was released to the world. And at the end of this year, my book, again, I haven't named it yet, uh, but I called all my <laughs> books by the characters. So her name is Maud and she's another yeah. romance history and it's about... Uh, a witch, a witch community in the 16th century. Ooh. It's fun. Very topical right now. Yeah, it is. She was also written a while ago because I just kept writing, even though I was being rejected frequently. Um, so I'm just kind of That's finishing. Hard. Yeah, I'm putting the finishing touches on her now, kind of giving her a bit more of my own perspective from where I sit now, and then she'll be out by the end of the year. And then I'm writing a first draft of another one at the moment too. That's exciting. Mm. I love that. That I mean, the rejection process is so tough, and so many people don't understand how hard that is until they've been through it. Mm. I had a similar. Well, I never had anyone take attack acquisitions. I just had a bunch mm. of like where they're like, well, if you don't hear from us in six months, it means we're not interested. Oh, you know, like so and that's painful. you're like, God damn it. <laughs> creatives I think something even harder for creatives than rejection is the silence that we often receive um and it's like it's worse than being told you're not for us it's like you're not important enough for me to even give you the time of day and right. to feel so I mean I think that's I think Kat used the word violent like it feels violent like it feels so especially for creatives who are here and have generously and vulnerably made this incredible creation to be witnessed to them be to be, to receive complete silence is just one of the most painful things we can move through and learning to look after ourselves through that or learning to you know can we move through that are we capable of moving through that because I don't think a lot of us are and I don't think that's our fault um, and luckily now we have other ways of being witnessed that don't include that kind of process but yeah extremely extraordinarily difficult right well and it's good that you were able to keep writing and then, yeah I mean, that's what I ended up doing because I was like well I don't know what to do with this anymore and so I just like I had five books before I started publishing exactly, exactly. Like, I didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> just keep writing now we've got the backlog yeah. now yeah yeah, yeah. It's super interesting and that that ended up working out really well for you yeah because then <laughs> when did. you did actually publish it was like she had all this like, yeah exactly yeah all this material that's to what's happening to, to me too so good Love it, SJ. This 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 is that spiteful part of me that really wants to be like, God, I hope those people that turn me down see this. Like, of course. I mean, they don't. Like, they yeah. don't. Let me tell you, because they can't see outside of their own little world. And yeah, that, yeah. Right. It's yeah. Sometimes it's they do. Mostly Shoot no. down my dreams, cat. Yeah. Come on, let me let me have this. <laughs> well, you did get picked up. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what? Like, I think the world is yeah. changing, and and whilst publishing houses have been able to ignore what's happening outside of their doors, like you know stuff like yeah, Brandon Sanderson's um, self-published. Have you heard about mm-hmm. this? His Kickstarter, and he's self-publishing hear, yeah. his books. He's a fantasy author. Raised like 
like $14 million to self-publish his books. And he's normally, you know, he's a traditionally published author and he's self-publishing. And I really hope that we see, again, this is creators on the revolution of work and the revolution of how we get witness. I really hope that his choice to self-publish in this, and he's like the biggest fantasy author, will help, you know, what if like Brene Brown was like, you know what, I don't really want Bloomsbury to publish my books anymore. I'm just going to do it myself. Like, I, I feel like we could be going this direction. And then the gatekeepers are going to have to fucking look outside, like, because they're not, they're not evolving. They're not doing fucking shit. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's, you know, and, and I would, and I am traditionally published. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say that, like, I'm not, it was a good experience, right? Like, but um, with, with that, I realized, like, I had other friends who had been traditionally published and then switched to mm. self-publishing and they made so much more money. Mm. And they were like, well, why would I ever yeah. sell my fucking intellectual property yeah. to yeah. just make less money for what, for who, like, what yeah. is this for? So Yeah, great point. And I'm, yeah. I'm still not opposed to being traditionally published at all. Like, I, I think I'm very flexible well, in no that way. writer is. Let's just say that. <laughs> if the money is right, if the deal is right, exactly, if what like, radio is right. Yeah. I think, you know, there's probably some people who are like, oh, you're just, you're not being, your morals are random or you're not being like, you know. You're selling out. You're, yeah, like yeah. the amount of stories that, you know, the amount of times that artists get told they're selling out, you know, it's bullshit. Like, we got to oh, do I what know, we got to do. However, we can be witnessed and how, whatever feels aligned, like is, va- and is valid. And maybe we are sellouts. I who don't know. Cares? <laughs> who cares? Right. Love, love us if we are, you know? Like, right, right. And not in the, oh, it, it's so fucking dicey out here. We've got to get what we can get. I'm not from that way. More in like, right. do whatever the fuck you want way. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. mm. um, and we are coming up in an hour. Are you okay for a little bit? Yeah, longer? totally. I don't yeah. Wanna, okay. I don't, I don't want to be like dragging you here. No, for no, no. I've, Sometimes our episodes go long and I feel like I feel like I don't want us all to be exhausted. At the no, no. I'm totally good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to let me ask you a quick question too about let's because I know you're advertising for your creative one-on-one coaching. Yeah, I am. Um, do you want to talk about it a little bit? And then yeah, I do want to say one thing I noticed really quick. Okay, go. <laughs> which is that you can get an all-day package. Yeah, you can. Like, okay, I just will you explain to us how you get through that with a yeah. person <laughs> as part of what you explain. <laughs> Yeah. So I haven't done it yet, Kat. So we're okay, going okay. to have to see. So what I'm doing is I'm doing a European tour. So um, I'm actually um, from the UK and I, I'm living in Sydney now, but I grew up in London and obviously I haven't been back for like three years because of the Nini. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so I'm going home for a little bit and I was like, you know what? I want to connect with the creatives that I get to connect with online. And so James, my partner, did a survey of where everyone was. And I was like, let's just offer one-on-one coaching in, in the places where most of the creatives are. So we're going to London. Um, Copenhagen, Stockholm, and Berlin, and I'm offering awesome. one-on-one sessions there. Yeah, so you know we can go, you know, for a walk, restaurants, cafes, like however we best you best talk and communicate and like connect. We can we'll make it happen, and we just get to spend time with each other. And, and I just want to hear about you know your journey and how I can serve you and how we can you know move towards your creative success, really. So that's what I'm offering. I'm also doing a few sessions in Sydney as well. That's awesome. I've, that's so exciting. Even yeah. just like talking to you now, I'm like I feel like this would be well worth the money. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank like, you. what you're doing here thank because, you um some people just have a thing thank you well, and it's like a combination of advice but also it's again it's like that recharge right talking to other creative types so important and just yeah and just getting validated for half of it. i mean obviously like there's i'm sure you have a ton of great advice too and like you can help guiding people and that's part of it but there's mm-hmm. also that part of just like the camaraderie of being like here's someone else that gets it 
I think knows what I'm feeling. Some of the, the two randomly most valuable things that come from these coaching sessions is one, the fact that you want to invest money in your own creative journey. And I think as, you know, as soon as you've paid the coaching fee, I guess, you've done something incredible for yourself, which is so bizarre. And I think, you know, you, you might not oh. realize that. Oh, investing in your own creative journey is, you know, can be really challenging and backing yourself with your own finances is actually a really potent and powerful thing to do. And the second thing is, is that just being witnessed by another creative and being taken seriously by another creative which is all I'm going to do is take you fucking deadly seriously take your craft seriously listen to your journey and you know figure out how the fuck you can do what it is you want to do and those are two of the most valuable things I think it can come of a creative session like this is just first of all you've backed yourself and now I'm going to back the fucking shit out of you when you tell me what you're going to do <laughs> it's it's like one really? hell of a sales pitch like truly and not and I'm not reducing it to sales but like honestly like it's it's good I, I've never great. explained it like that before and it is a good write it down mm. well and that's a, you like what you say too like it's you know we we try to take the finances out of art because somehow yeah like it's some, it's some reason people think that, picky. it's not right right but it's not but like you say like to invest in yourself mm. like it's it is empowering and it's like and i spend a ton of fucking money on myself when it comes yeah. to like buying my own things and my yeah. own merchandise and my own whatever but i'm like it makes me feel amazing to be able like this is mine this is so something good. that i'm investing in that's like mine that i can feel good about and like mm-hmm. if I like I'm gonna pay a coach to help me like that's yeah like that's all self-investment it's all yeah. equity I love it moment oh uh, yeah <laughs> I, love I it. often my partner always says you know like with finances and stuff it's like we could invest it in some other company or like we could invest it in ourselves and we're creatives <laughs> like why wouldn't you right. do that <laughs> right, <laughs> right 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 that's brilliant yeah. it just sounds like it. a good time I like that this is um coupled with traveling yeah it's, it's gonna be know, beautiful partner. I mean why not do yeah. it that way come to Copenhagen and go on a walk (laughs) it's lovely (laughs) we're gonna come to the U.S. next year so we can come find you yeah so we'll do we'll definitely come to the U.S. and do the same thing again because most people actually are from the U.S. in my community this makes sense yeah I would is that difficult that like people are so far away in that way in that sense um it's not difficult um I mean I would love it if they were all in my country I could see everybody all the time but like I'm so excited to get to travel and and I haven't really done a lot of the US and I'm, I'm excited to come over there and just be with you all. That will be next Yeah, come year. to Charleston. That's where I am. Yes, I'll come. To, my here. cousin lives in Charleston, so I'll definitely be <laughs> Oh, there. hey. That well, is I'll have world. to come out for a writing <laughs> We just did one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do, we'll, we'll probably do a, um, a fair few states, so I'm excited for that. But yes, you, as you said, Kat, well, you can do a whole day with me. No one's booked the whole day yet. No one wants to spend the whole, like, I don't know how many hours, like eight hours with me. But basically, uh, we'll just I'm do done. like, <laughs> you know... I envision it like journaling session, breakfast. Oh, let's go for a walk. Let's talk about this. Let's sit down and plan the next part of your creative business. Let's have lunch. Like, you know, it's a creative fucking day. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. It really does. It sounds very lovely. It sounds, yeah, I, it really does. I'm, I'm just like trying to like process what that means. I think I'm also thinking about this from your end because. Yeah, like from how. About, yeah. <laughs> like how are you going to like have the energy for that? Do you know what we've done? Um, And again, I just want to flag that there's a story here that I shouldn't confess to this because of cultural stories. But we've made this trip so fucking bougie. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we've invested really heavily in making sure that the places where we're staying, we've invested money in making sure that 
they're really comfortable and I'm going to love them. Good. And like, and I think that's how we've mitigated a lot of like, I have energy issues. My body's like, love her, but you know, she's got problems. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. And <laughs> I do have energy issues. So, you know, we've made sure that I'm, I'm always going to have a safe space to retreat to. Um, and we've made sure that I've got breaks and, you know, there's only one session a day. We've just had to mitigate, you know, certain factors there. And one of the things is, is that we're staying in fucking divine places. And I'm so excited. That's amazing. That's you know how Good much you. this fucking matters? Listen, I travel like a pretty, pretty princess. I have said this before. <laughs> like I refuse to go anywhere because traveling is hard. And I spent so a lot hard. of time like, yeah, <laughs> it can be like yeah. my early 20s were spent like I had jobs where I had to travel a lot. Mm. And it was wretched and terrible. Even when I was going to like LA or New York mm. or whatever, it was terrible, fucking awful. So now I'm like, that's not the way to treat my yeah. body. And yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No more. Because I can too. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Because you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's so interesting. I love that. I think it's really important. And some people travel better than others. I just don't travel super well. So that a pretty, pretty princess that, you know? <laughs> that's what I, I, I feel like <laughs> you've called it that and I love it because I agree with that too that's the like treat yourself like, yeah yeah you if know. you can I understand if you can there's a level of privilege yeah. right yeah oh there's a huge level of privilege yeah this is the first time that we've really been able to to do this and right. it's a celebration in itself that we get to spend this money that, that we've made off of our art it's so fucking cool makes it even more that's tasty amazing. um but yeah it's definitely a level of privilege but I also don't want to shy away from the fact that we are able to do this well and we've been doing it from you know our creativity and our art has afforded us this beauty and this little miracle and I'm very grateful and it's doable right right and that's I mean that's the key like it is all doable yeah like, it takes work obviously oh, yeah, time yeah. and effort yeah as again as always there's always gonna be a nuanced conversation here um but I do and I battle with this as to how to show up and share the yeah. fact that you know you can be again it's not like I'm not like staying at the Ritz you know I'm, I'm not like it's not doesn't need to be all or nothing like but I'm being able to travel really beautifully really well from being a creative and I want to share that and I think it can feel very uncomfortable for some people to kind of witness that and like oh you're showing off for me it feels uncomfortable like I was thinking about how I want to share you know the spaces that we get to be in when we travel and I'm like, do I, I want to share that creatives can be, you know, financially really comfortable and get to do the stuff that they love through their art. But then there's so many cultural stories about, you know, not showing, not showing off and, you know, not looking like you're, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is, it's the same as like what we're talking about before being the, yeah, the starving or the rich. Yeah, it's exactly. Like if you, yeah, if you're staying like in those top of the line, you're spending a ton of money, like people expect it or they want you to be like staying in a hostel. Like, exactly. There's nothing wrong with like finding a good Airbnb that's like, or right. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Enjoying yourself. And, yeah. but society too has also like made it so we don't talk about money. Exactly. Like in corporate America too, we don't talk with our coworkers yeah. about what we make, yeah. which is stupid because if they had a reason to just justify it like yeah yeah, yeah right, so right we like to um me both me and my partner on our podcast we talk a lot about our finances and I think it's really important um especially from an artist's oh from everyone's perspective but um yeah I think it's just I'm um, very uncomfortable and I think that discomfort is a sign that that's something that really needs to happen I think yeah I think it's okay also to be like uh, I'm doing a thing that makes me uncomfortable and maybe not every single thing I do is correct or right yes. either. Yeah. But I'm like open to learning why or like, I'm, you know what yeah. I mean? And, but also like I'm worthy of like enjoying life and me suffering is not going to like make no. other people happier. Happier. Yeah, right. exactly. Like yeah. unless they really hate me and which there's more power <laughs> to them. I suffer all the time. I hope they feel great about that. I hope you feel <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I hope it, I hope my suffering brings you joy. It comes easily. 
yeah, I also struggle with that. And especially if you've gone through a class change. Mm, yeah, really interesting. Um, within your life. But as a white person, it's, you know, like also we're all white. Yeah. We are all, you know, so there's a lot of privilege just with that. Yeah. Even if you are like very poor. Of course, yeah. Still white, so. And we need to be able to, we need to be able to talk about that. I think that with all these kind of conversations, like, we just need to be happy with sitting in the gray area. We need to be happy to have yes. conversations um, with people who perhaps, you know, think that we could have done it in a different way and we need to feel safe having those conversations. And we just, we need room to be nuanced and we need room to be fallible, I think. And I think from that yeah. space, really, really positive conversations can happen and change. And like, it's okay to take change. the feedback. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Take the feedback. <laughs> yeah. Don't be defensive about yeah. the feedback. If you get feedback, I always think that when, okay. you, when, you know, when you see the... The rebuffs online on some feud yeah. and people just go straight to the defense. It's really interesting. All the time. Yeah. I've, I've really had yeah. to unlearn that. Yeah. I think it is a narrative that we probably just need to unlearn. Very difficult to do, but it has mm. made my life better. Mm. Um, I also live with a lawyer, so in many uh, ways I've had yeah. to learn a lot of yeah. different <laughs> skills that I think a lot of people don't have to. True. Because <laughs> uh, lawyers argue dirty. So I did. Okay. SJ, tell me what you think about this, because I don't want to keep you forever, even though I would pay for your full eight-hour day. I fully would do that. Um, just want to put Rapid that fire. out there. Yes. Yes. If do you want question, to... the answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. You read my just, mind. You okay. can do just some of them. Yeah. But these okay, are fun. Amy. Yeah. So this is like, we write smutty, dirty romance. Um, um, love it. Just so you know. So, right. <laughs> so we usually, and we talk to, you know, romance writers. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask you a few questions mm-hmm. um, and we'll just get your, uh, not just questions. A, don't think too hard. Questions. Yeah. They're rapid. Right. Yeah. Don't think too hard about them. Okay. I actually changed the list of the questions just recently. So, okay. We're just going to go out of order. Uh, you have to pick one, a hot anti-hero or a hot Dom. Dom. Okay. Easy. <laughs> People are very divided on this one. Uh, <laughs> Next, pick a supernatural vampire, werewolf, werewolf, alien, or dragon shifter. Uh, dragon shifter. Tricky there. You know, that one's popular. What did you choose, Estee? Do you remember? I did werewolf. the werewolf because I've been yeah. reading a lot of shifter books. Yeah. So. What, dragon shifter, I suppose, is the same. What, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, cover style, do or die. A cover with a man with no shirt or a trendy cartoon cover? Mm, no shirt. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good no shirt? Do you, what, how do you feel about the cartoon romance smutty covers? I mean, I love, I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I haven't actually thought too much about it. Don't hate either. But get straight to the point, either. you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's no wrong cover. There's no yeah. wrong way to do a cover. Yeah. I mean. Well, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> I am someone with a cartoon cover uh, with a really smutty book. So. I love okay. it. I actually love it. <laughs> but I didn't, you know, pick it out. All right. Mm. Did, would you rather read only smut? that's not dirty enough or too dirty for you aka like way too kinky in a very specific too way too dirty everybody Perfect. 100% right. people because there's no such thing right? yeah, yeah exactly I'm like what are you going to show me right uh, I would love said, to see I these wa- I want to see it I mean I did just read a spider shifter romance Ooh, okay yeah, yeah. Uh, recently and I will say this not dirty enough oh. that's what I will say about it <laughs> Uh, okay would you rather listen to a smutty audiobook out loud in public or read the smuttiest passage of any book to your family <laughs> god these are really good questions um yeah. the audiobook yeah out loud seems public. fun yeah okay pick your mythological half human minotaur centaur merfolk or fawn centaur centaur do you no. want to explain why no it was just my that? first instinct i have no idea why i mean you got to go with that yeah that's the correct instinct. i'm not questioning it i'm not judging in it in this case 
don't whatever. overthink it. <laughs> In this case, okay, follow-up question to that, which is not on this list, but it is on a different rapid fire list. <laughs> okay, I don't remember how we worded it, but you have to choose between these three. Yeah. A double dick, Ooh. a spur, yeah. or a centaur dick. Wow, this is the hottest of all of them. I mean, it's truly a challenge. So I think you, double. You're picturing it. A double yeah. dick. A double dick, wow. okay. We reference like different books here. So this one, I think we were referencing a Katie Robert, The Dragon Bride. Oh, where, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you're like in this world at all, but. I, only a little ask, bit, but I'm intrigued. And now I think I you need to get, be. Let me tell you. Let me <laughs> More tell you, is you better. Do. You know. Let like, me tell you. Don't you, limit yourself. You do. <laughs> <laughs> what were your answers? Mine's The Spur because there is a series of books, which I also recommend, called Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. Mm-hmm. And it is these big blue aliens that have like oh. a spur in the front of their dick, which okay, is used cool. for auxiliary stimulation. Like- <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's like a, it's a nice thing. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What, what did you, did you choose The Spur? I don't think day? that you asked me this question. We've I think, oh, now I think it was time. pre this question. I'm going to go Maybe. with the double dick because why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like, Give I would me like- options. Like, let me choose to use it or not. I'm, yeah. I'm, I I stand by my choice, even after understanding this, uh, a tiny bit more. I, I respect it. I yeah. respect it. As you should. Yeah. Okay. Pick your mythological god, Hades, Apollo, Persephone, or Hera. Apollo. Oh, okay. Hera. That's tricky. I choose Hera. <laughs> I know. I chose Apollo, I, you know? It's both. It's up. Those two. I don't know what to do. Maybe we can. We can go. Come together. MFF. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can go together. <laughs> <laughs> we got some reverse harem situation okay listen listen amy is not in the romance world as much as we are we are deep within this world let me tell you well no time like the present so instantly sj's like well mff reverse harem oh no i'm with you okay okay, okay. (laughs) she's there um all right which is hotter tattoo or scar tattoo um that's a good one Mm. stuck with one trope faded mates or childhood sweethearts what was the first one? Faded mates. Faded mates. Yeah, right. I think I think so. Yeah, so I'm going. Yeah, that's the. I I'm going to say that's faded the correct. Mate. Yeah, that's the correct answer <laughs> in this in this choice. There are no right answers, but that was. Correct. But that was correct. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, it was. Uh, only read fade to ba- uh, black romance in your favorite subgenre, or read high heat romance in your least favorite subgenre. High heat that might be. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy one. It's an easy one. Fade to black. Ugh. I mean, right? I tried to I don't know, but I have, like, challenge my favorite, this one before. Yeah, I I have my favorite subgenres though. That like, I think I would do it. I would do it because I could Sometimes. just like, I would like close just, the book and like, and then you, and they just get like, on your computer <laughs> and be like, and then. <laughs> okay, let it me just, ask. Fuck it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question for the crowd, and maybe this is so insane, but as a writer, I'm like, why as writers do we like? I do pay for people's books. I just want to be clear. I buy everybody's books, but like, why do we like don't need to buy books anymore? you could just like write any book you know what I mean you ever feel like that or like people just give you your books they'll be like can you read this before I like send it to wherever and it's like it feels like it feels like all books when you become a writer become free am I crazy to say this well I like this idea that like any literally any book you want to read it's like well I guess I'll just get to it it. but it takes a little while like it It takes a little while to write the book so yeah and it's like not good masturbatory material if you are writing it no right. really isn't that weird show. isn't that strange you wouldn't think that but like no it's true it's less it's yeah. just yeah it's intriguing it's you're so like true. you're like this thing that came directly from my brain not doing it for me <laughs> <laughs> and it's i'm disappointed like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always 
I'm sure, I'm sure there's some fucking writer who would come on here and be like, no, my no. scenes are like whatever. And yeah, good, good for them. Right. Yeah. Good way. for them. <laughs> so glad. It's just like when writers come on and say they like love to reread their books. I'm like, very good for you. I will never reread. <laughs> I hate to be this person, but I actually quite like rereading my books. The whole thing though. <laughs> yeah, the actually. Yeah. I don't like to read the whole thing. I like to read right, a little bit. Parts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've already like, had to read oh. my fucking books like a million times to write them. Right. That's what I'm saying. So what's yeah, the deal? Maybe like years later. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. Maybe. Yeah. But, but otherwise, I'm like, I don't want to hear about this. I I had to. I did um my audiobook last year for Elizabeth, and it was the most I know fun thing I ever did. I loved it. It was honestly, uh, I could be a professional audiobooker. I reckon not because I'm good, just because I really love it, and I would like to get good. <laughs> I mean, I was curious because I saw you post about that, mm. and I know you had that build. That's I. I don't think I would be good at that, but uh, I love that you owned it. I, I have no idea yours. if I'm good at it or not. Like, but I loved it. <laughs> but what was the feedback um like nice but like in a I don't know like I didn't <laughs> right, in a right, non-trust right. you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. um yeah. my director was like this really <laughs> you, you this would you guys reading your books to this director would be the best like he was so like middle-aged like reminded me of a hobbit like so shy and I'd like read oh, these no. bits and I'd be like talking about I don't know like I just have this memory of being like she's like sticking her finger up the nun or something <laughs> and he just goes sure. and like I then I fuck something up I'm like there. trying to get through it without something over my words so this poor man doesn't have to like be overly exposed to all the porn in my book and it just finishes <laughs> I finish I stumble the, the recording pauses and he just there's silence and the boost and I'm like oh my god and then he's just like <laughs> and he just whistles through <laughs> <it. laughs> I'm like oh give you a little a little slow clap that's honestly what it was like I was like oh my god that's uh, amazing see if you are a creative who goes after your art these are the kinds of stories you get to bring home with you every night it's the cringe it's, you get it it's, it's the great. cringe and it was an incredible moment for me but yeah I loved reading my audiobook I think I was also an actor before I began writing my novels and I think it was uh, just, that like, combined Ooh, the two. that does help yeah that so you're I did... not just a nobody walking in the door like audiobook is acting so. yeah I mean like when I started yeah. acting like I was in a lot of plays but I wasn't I never went full professional but yeah oh my god it what counts. are you doing you were acting yeah no I was, you're right fuck that <laughs> yeah yeah you're not I you're right. do it all the yeah. time yeah um yeah yeah. No. yeah so it was a good combination of both and I really loved it I would definitely I mean I don't know reading out loud there's something about it delicious That's I am a huge audiobook me too person i listen for probably i like average like four hours a day of listening to audiobooks yeah i mean i would that's impressive i probably average about two on two yeah, times that's so pretty much. good all of you yeah. you're both that's a lot <laughs> i also people. do a lot of historical romances i don't think i realize that you read yours so yeah i i will have i'm gonna have to look into this have a little that's, look. that's like another level of excitement yeah to to <laughs> so I think I'm the sorry, thing I need to get better at, that's all right, um, is just the different voices, I think. That's the one thing, like, d- differentiating your tone for different characters will be something that I want to get better at for more to my next book. That's good. Which is yeah. why audiobook readers, like, or actors are so, voice actors are so, like, talented, because when it's good, it's, it's so good. So and when it's bad, yeah. you're like, well, I cannot. <laughs> it's I, I just DNF'd a book today. One. Yeah. I got with like an hour and a half left of it. And I was like, I just can't. I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> switch it's back to what I've listened to like five times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, I'm going to ask another one. It's not on this list, but it's one we usually ask. Uh, Disney villain I'd like to fuck. Oh. So, Ursula, Scar. Wait, who's the other? Gaston. And who's the other one we always say? Jafar. <gasps> no, we never say Jafar, but let's put him on there. Yes, you have right. him because we talked about his long fingers. That was a thing. What? Rasputin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Jafar. <laughs> so there you go. Do you got him? We have Ursula, Scar, Jafar, and Gaston. Gaston's a, I think he's a weak one here, but people have chosen. I mean, yeah. like, I feel like the part of me that chooses Gaston is like the 16 year old who like really wanted everyone's approval. And I'm not that woman there anymore. You go. Um, there but you go. <laughs> like Scar's really hot, but I feel like having sex with Jafar would be a really funny story and like, it'd be worth it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And see? There is already cannot canonical, non-canonical Jafar Jasmine um ro- romance slash. Yeah, I see on. that. And I can like can have that parrot, right? And I can imagine the parrots making like comments. Yago. And uh, yeah, oh Yago. I, I really see it. I see it and okay. it's a good story. <laughs> This is amazing. That needs to be written with the parrot, like, giving commentary. I'm sorry. I don't even know how you would frame that, but I am so here for it. Um, okay, next one. That's a beautiful thought, honestly. All right. Uh, one or the other. A book with amazing sex scenes with okay plot or a book with amazing plot or okay sex scenes. It's very dependent on my mood, um, but um, I'm going to go for the amazing sex scenes. I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not super plot driven. I'm very character driven, both in my mm-hmm. writing and the stories I consume whereas my partner like has to have what it's interesting mm, mm-hmm. yeah, we all like different things mm. but your your book did follow all the beats of every single story you know what I mean mm. like yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 which true. is why like people think like character driven stuff can't hit beats properly, yeah but I would yeah. say that that's not true yeah no I agree with that yeah yeah interesting um okay slow burn with amazing sex scenes but takes forever to get to obviously or a fast burn with sex scenes that are just okay slow burn I'll be patient yeah okay I love my slow burns yeah you know, I, I do. don't it, I'm not there's something slow about it like there's something hot about the slowness yeah because when it finally happens you're like, like yes <laughs> you gotta really know what the fuck you're doing when you're writing a slow burn yeah yeah but you don't yes. want to disappoint you don't want to piss no. me off you no wanna, you don't want to make me angry <laughs> no no you don't want to see what I'm like when I'm angry reading a slow burn um all right well the last one yeah uh hotter character trope a moody crime lord or a playboy millionaire moody crime lord all right we love the bad boys mm mafia romance love it um so we're coming up in an hour and a half i really think we could talk to you forever um this is glorious it's so good honestly this is so great yeah also like thanks for answering that dm no it's my pleasure (laughs) were you just like who the fuck is this no i was like i i love that you guys talk about um romance like i just was the theme i was like yeah i want to talk and i clearly i I chewed it correctly (laughs) i mean i got asked whether i would sleep with Jafar so like this is the kind of podcast I want to be on that's right that's right thank you for understanding cover everything from like Disney porn to capitalism and everything perfect that's all I want to talk about what do you need I I never want to get too highbrow here because I don't I don't live in that space I'm (laughs) not a highbrow person so just want to make I want to bring it it down I want us to keep us grounded where we belong yeah um all right well Amy can you just I mean obviously we have like no following you have a huge following but we're going to do this anyway can you tell people where to find you uh, yeah yeah 
yeah, of course. So you can find me on um, on Instagram at Inspired to Write. Um, and then we've got a podcast as well called The Unpublished Podcast, which is just me and my partner. We just talk about creative life. And you can find all my other offerings. I have a journaling course. Um, I have a course on like perfectionism, procrastination, all on my website, which is Amy, A-M-I-E, McNee, M-C-N-E-E.com. Fabulous. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording. Amazing. Amazing. I remember someone so bright then I was really trying not to cry then I was really hugging you goodbye then You can have my MP3 when I'm dead